This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3551 for Monday the 14th of March 2022. Today's show is entitled, Bash Snippet, some possibly helpful hints and this part of the series, Bash Scripting, it is hosted by Dave Morris, and is about 25 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, using, eval, map file, and environment variables. Hello everybody, this is Dave Morris for Hacker Public Radio. Now I'm going to do a show today within the series Bash Scripting. This one I've called some possibly helpful hints. Just a a bunch of things that I've uh, been doing in scripts lately and I thought I'd share just in case they're of use to anybody else. So I write a moderate number of Bash scripts these days. I know the Bash isn't a programming language, but it's pretty powerful in what it can do all by itself, actually, and with other tools. It's uh, like said an organ, that type of thing. It's really, really capable. I've actually been writing these sorts of command, command script, I suppose you'd call them, for a long time, since the 1970s, on a whole variety of hardware and operating systems. Maybe we should talk about them someday. I can remember them, that is. Bash is my favourite because it's pretty flexible and also Linux itself is very flexible. Anyway, forget the history for now. I just want to talk about three things I tend to do in Bash scripts that assist with some of the things I need to need to uh, undertake, some of the, the tasks I find I need to get a solution to. So the first one is to generate bash variables from a text file. So you want, you've got a text file which has got stuff like a keyword and a string or a number or something, and you want to turn that into bash variables. Second one is to fill bash arrays with data from a file or a program or that type of thing. And the third one is to use environment variables or just general shell variables within the environment of the script to control the bash script execution. So I'll expand on these. So first of all, generating bash variables. There's a bash command eval, E-V-A-L, that can be used to evaluate the string as a command or series of commands, if you want to put new lines or semicolons in between them. And uh, the evaluation takes place in the current shell. So anything returned, and in my particular example I'm using bash variables, is available to the current script. So uh, this type of thing is available in a lot of programming languages, scripting languages, where you might want to invoke a, a command within a script, and the command is something you have generated... In real time, I guess you'd say. If you were to set variables in a subshell, which in fact is something like issuing some commands in parentheses, or when you invoke a script or a function or something, then the variables are local to the subshell and they disappear when that particular process finishes. 
So the eval command, we, have, we haven't looked at it in detail, but I've mentioned it in other contexts along this series. The eval command takes a list of arguments, of any, any number, I think, which are just concatenated into a string, and that string is taken to be the command to be evaluated. I should say that the eval command is seen as potentially dangerous in that it will execute any command it's given. So if by some means or other you've ended up with a with a command string that says rm tilde slash star or something, then you, it could go and delete all your files. How would that come about? Well, you might have made the mistake of allowing people to feed commands to a, to the script that's doing it, where that would be one of them. So you need to bear that in mind whenever you're doing this type of thing. Don't write a bash script that just executes whatever it's given to it. It needs to be vetted, or you need to know exactly where the commands have come from before you invoke them. Now, one of the particular cases where I use eval is for setting variables from a text file, as I mentioned. I've got a file which is generated from the HPR show upload process, and I want to grab the title of the show, the summary relating to the show, and the host name of the person submitting. So I can generate an index file for for any supplementary files which have come in with the show. I don't need to do this all the time, but there are occasions when people send in example scripts or pictures or what that sort of thing. So I just wanted to be able to get these things and turn them into a bit of text in a in an HTML file. So in my script that, that does this, I won't go into details about it because it's quite complex, but uh, it uses eval with a, I actually use a quoted string, which in which is a command substitution, which invokes sed. And um, sed is looking for the keywords, the, the layer of this particular file. Um, the keywords begin in column one and they are title or summary or host underscore name. So any line that uh, matches one of those is picked up by said and is manipulated such that the end result is that keyword, which is all one, one word, an equal sign, and then in single quotes, the string that follows it. So i show an example of how the said command would actually work all by itself. Um, there's a reference to a variable called raw file here, which is where I would have put the uh, path to the file in the script. So just take that as a, as a given. And it's reporting back the host name. This is a sh one of my shows is Dave Morris and blah, 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 title and summary are there. So that's pretty basic said stuff and if you listen to my said series you should be able to decode that pretty easily and see what it's doing um, so what's, what what um, eval does is it runs the command substitution with the said command in it and the result of all that is a string which is actually separated by by new lines but um the way that command substitution works is that uh, the new lines are turned to spaces. So 
these will be fed to eval and eval is quite happy to receive three variable definitions on the same line separated by a space each one or spaces so what that does is to set a variable called host underscore name to this one string a one called title to another string one called summary to a third string and uh, these are then available in the script that's called the eval now the way i've done this is not foolproof as i say in the notes if a string because I'm, I'm wrapping the text in single quotes if there was a single quote within one of these strings then it would break cause i haven't taken any particular action to avoid such a thing but um it's working for now and i'm happy with that but i i do need to work a little bit more on it to make it less fragile okay second one is filling a bash array so this is another thing i need to do in the context of writing scripts for hpr janitorial things i've got an indexed array and i want there to be sorted file names in that array and um, then i want to be able to process the contents of that array and i'm doing it because um, i've got a a show that's come in which includes a bunch of pictures so i want to be able to uh, to do some automation with the way i handle the pictures well how do i find the pictures well first of all there's a path which points to the directory in question, which is called SHODER, all in capitals, S-H-O-W-D-I-R. I use the find command against this path with a max depth option of 1. That means don't go down to lower directories. And then it uses a regular expression thing. Um, in find, you have to say what type of regular expression you're using. There's a, a hyphen regex type egrep which i use so that causes the egrep engine to be used in the regular expression and the regular expression simply says dot asterisk backslash dot yes so it's looking for any old text and including a backslash space a backslash dot i should say followed by either jpeg or png in upper or lower case so that's how it finds pictures if you send in a picture that has some other form it won't work anyway it's uh it'll it'll do that it does that quite quite well but um that hasn't solved the problem yet but it's a component so i've got an example here where you could define the array so i've got declare hyphen a pix pix for pictures then i do pix equals open parenthesis and then a command substitution with the find in it that i just uh mentioned it's all listed out in the notes here the, the find is actually followed by a, a vertical bar to, to pipeline and it sends its output to sort so if you did that then the find and the sort will return a number of new lines separated lines containing file names you know in alphabetical order but again as i said before the command substitution replaces new lines by spaces so what bash will see in this in the parenthesized list is a bunch of words or strings which are then fed into the array and that's great that works but it's relying on the fact that the 
file name delimiter as a space, but it's permitted to have spaces in file names. It's not a good thing to do, but it happens. So how would you make this better to avoid that one? Well, I use the command map file. I talked about map file in episode 2739. And uh, you can also find information about it by typing help map file in a terminal. So there's a little snippet here, which is a declaration of the array again. Then we use map file, then hyphen T which means remove the default delimiter. The default delimiter is a new line. Then the name of the array picks. Then uh, less than, and I've, I've um, split this into two lines with a backslash new line in it. Then we've got a process substitution, which hopefully you'll remember from other shows in this series, which is a less than sign immediately followed by an open parenthesis. Then you would put commands in there and close the parentheses and the commands are find, as before. Exactly the same find and a sort in a pipeline. You could have other delimiters here, and we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, the, the map file chops up what it sees on its standard input, which is coming from this process substitution thing, and it puts them one at a time into array elements. If the array exists, it will just overwrite it. So that um, that's great. You could change to other delimiters, as I said, and uh, there are providing there are no files with new lines in them, then you're good because a new line is is valid in a file name. It's a it's a thing I have never used, not really encountered much, but it's possible to do it. You'd, I've done it by mistake, I guess, long ago in the Unix days. And I didn't know what I was doing. What I've said here is that to be 100% safe and to be protected from potential new lines in file names, you can make find produce its output using the hyphen print zero option, which prints out every line or every file in the case where it's, it's reporting files with a null character at the end of it instead of a new line. So map file can be told to use a null as the delimiter by simply giving it hyphen D and then a null string, so open quote, close quote. So here's an example which shows the find with hyphen print zero. The sort still works on that, which is good. I wasn't sure that it would, uh, but it does. And um, it sorts them correctly and you are then not prone to any any of the potential problems of funny characters and new lines and spaces or whatever. I have to tell you, <laughs> coming clean here, that I discovered this information and messed around with it and tested it while preparing for this show. So I'm going to go and update my script to, to use it um, once I've finished. So the last hint or tip or snippet or whatever you want to call it is talking about turning debugging on in a script. So I tend to use debugging statements in the scripts which get a little bit more complex than than others and I tend to write simple function which I've listed here which I call underscore debug in capitals for some reason I can't remember why I did that. The underscore just sort of makes it stand out a little bit. 
perfectly valid character as part of a name and can be the first character of the name if you want. So in there I test to see whether a global variable debug is zero and if it is then just return so effectively do nothing. But if the debug is uh, not zero then there's a loop which loops through the variable which is actually an array dollar at dollar at is a list of all the arguments to to a script or to a function so it's going through all the arguments of the function and for each one it uses the printf command to print out its contents with a new line on the end and a d greater than space in front of it so when you look at it you can see oh that's debug output the variable that I'm using to hold these these uh, arguments is msg so I use that as the argument to print f it's very simple and that works pretty well it does does pretty much what I want it to do so I what I just do I do is to plant a bunch of calls to this function throughout my script whenever I want to check that things I have read or calculated or whatever um, I want to check that they contain what I expect them to contain and you'd be surprised the number of times they don't and that's what debugging is all about but the thing is how do you turn debugging on and off you want something relatively simple I've listed three possible ways you could do this the first one is is really clunky you could edit the script to set the debug variable to one when you want to turn debug on or zero when you don't but that means you've got to keep editing the script, which is a pain. Second one is you could set the debug level through an external variable, which the script can see. And the third one is to add option processing to the script. So you call the script with a minus, with a hyphen capital D, perhaps to mean turn on debugging. And um, you, would, uh, you would enable or disable it at that point. I tend to use option three, the, the option processing thing, when I'm already scanning for and, and dealing with options in my script. But if I'm not doing that, then I use choice two. That is the external variable. And that's what I'm going to explain now. So, a bit of preamble. I use Vim as my editor, and in Vim I use a plugin called Bash Support, which I can... Um, set up boilerplate text with in which is which can be added to script or can be given as a default framework for a new script and I've got various definitions and declarations and comments and stuff that go in by default one of the lines that's particularly important is one which defines the variable script in capitals equals and then I've got dollar open curly brace zero hash hash asterisk slash close curly brace so that takes the default variable dollar zero which contains the name of the script as it was invoked so if you put the full path name and invoke the script from somewhere other than where the script lives then that will that will uh, contain the entire path if you're in the directory where it lives and you put dot slash script name then it will just contain the dot slash and the slash and the script name. Whatever happens there, that expression trims off stuff from the front of that string, the dollar zero string, 
and it specifies it's to keep doing that until it hits a slash and in other words it it, it will do this repeatedly until it takes out everything up to the last slash so just leave the name of the name of the script i did talk about this stuff way back in the early days of uh, doing bash scripting stuff uh, now i've started adding two lines relating to debugging the first one is to define a variable called debug var all in capitals d e b u g v a r set that to and i put this in a in quotes dollar open curly bracket script close curly bracket underscore debug so that means debug var will contain the name of the script which i just chopped down to its last component well that, that's the base name isn't it yeah if you use the base name uh, command instead uh, followed by underscore debug in capitals then the next line is debug equals that's the variable that i want to use to control whether you see debug output or not then in double quotes dollar open curly bracket exclamation mark debug var colon hyphen zero close curly bracket close double quotes what that says is the variable debug var with an exclamation mark on the front of it is to is an indirection to the variable whose name is in that variable so it's, it's uh it's doing one level of indirection so it's using the contents and it's saying whatever that that variable contains if, if it if it exists and does contain something use it if it doesn't the colon hyphen business contain if you can't find it, it doesn't exist then set debug to zero what that means it's a little involved that but it it's um as I say, it's a bit of boilerplate, so I'm going to slap that in scripts by default. And uh, it's useful just to put it in without really thinking about it anymore. But what it achieves is it, it allows the script to be called with a variable definition before it on the same command line. So if you had a, a script which is called test script and you'd call this variable test script underscore capital debug and I'm, in this example I'm setting it to one then space dot slash test script invokes test script and it will cause the internal debug variable to be set to one which will switch on all the debug stuff variables set on the command line are visible to scripts in fact variables set in the environment are visible to to a script whether they be exported ones which i talked about a few episodes back uh, or just ordinary ones the ones set on the command line only lasts while the script or indeed command is executing you could set an exported variable so i've got an example here export space test script underscore debug equals one then on the next line dot slash test script but that variable is going to hang around after the script is run and you'd need to go and unset it to make it go away. So if you want to turn, turn debugging off, you, uh, you'd need to use the unset command to delete that variable. The thing that 
thing about the putting it on the same line mean is that if you just run test script without that uh, setting a variable preamble, then it will run without debug. So that's that's fine. I definitely don't like to do the export business. So when I give these more complex names to my debug variables that I'm that I've just been talking about, test script underscore debug. So there's less chance of them affecting other scripts than the one I'm trying just currently debugging. If I just used the name debug, then that might cause anything I run to go into debug mode. That seems to be a bad idea. So I'm using sort of name spaces to, to keep things separate. So in conclusion, these are just the three things I found myself using in recent bash scripts, which I hope might be useful to you. If you have hints like this, which you could share, please make an HBR show about them. We're always in need of shows. I'm sure you know, at the time of writing, which is the 26th of February, we are particularly in need. And uh, there's a lot of uh, empty slots stretching out into the into the near future. So, um, well, from the near future into <laughs> forever. Okay, then. Bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR is kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.